up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. What's up, mamas? I hope everybody is well and healthy and in a good space. Most importantly, I hope you are guarding your peace. We have had a very, (laughs) very interesting week. This pod is being produced and I recorded this the day (laughs) of the, I don't even like to say his name, but the day that a musical artist and a political I don't even know what to call her, Grifter, wore very violent shirts at the Paris Fashion Week. And I say they're violent only because it's so unbelievably contradictory to what is the privileges afforded them here in this country and the world, except I guess for this musical artist, he's so rich that he has lost touch with reality. And it has circulated the globe, as most of his stunts do. And I think it's really fascinating how, much like an ex-president, feeding them attention is almost like sustenance. It's almost like their blood source. And so I refuse to say his name, but I wanted to use the example of how it inspired me this week. I was moved to a different mom. And then I thought, you know what? We had Melinda last week. She's incredible. And I really only shared her soul food journey. So this week, you know, I was like, Melinda's filled with jewels. She has done the hard work to find herself. She has done the, made the long journey to connecting herself with source, purging the people and things in her life that were no longer serving her and getting centered with who she is, what she wants to contribute to the world, and how she wants to open up and and shine a light on all the good stuff in the world. She's there. She has ritual. She has discipline. She has connection. And that's what we're all looking for. We're all trying to figure out a way to level up. We're all trying to figure out a way to change our lives in these very uncertain times. I really wanted to find a mom who has been through it and has come out on the other side, not just surviving, but thriving. She is somebody that we all know, we all love. She played baby on Soul Food. She is now an entrepreneur who is 
intent on spreading light in these very strange times with her company, She's Got a Habit. She has written books. She has a collection of affirmation cards out there for everybody to enjoy every single day. And the reason why I thought about her is because of her intentionality, because she understands what is required in order to level up. She understands even with challenges placed right before your feet, how high to jump, how far to jump out, how to softly land and then take your next big step. Thank you so much, Melinda Williams. I am super excited. First of all, I've known you for a while. I've known you probably since 2000 because as we discussed in our last part one I was engaged to somebody affiliated and associated with Soul Food. So I got to be on set and I knew you guys back then and how you rocked and rolled and how beautiful the connection was between not just the cast members, but the production as well. I adore you most importantly because of all the jewels that you drop. So many of us want a new life. So many of us want to change the course we are on. So many of us want to shift in these very opportunistic times, I would say. Yes, you can look at it as dark and scary, or you can look at it as a a time to really stretch yourself and do something new. So with that in mind, I want to bring to the mic for part duh. What we are going to be discussing this week is very different than last week in her journey through soul food and as a celebrity. This is more of her as a thought leader. This is more of her and how she identifies herself as a mother. That can be very tricky for a lot of us. We have these great lives. We've had a certain amount of successes. We think we know ourselves, and then we have children, and all of that is thrown out of whack. I am very transparent about it. I'm eight years in, and I'm still like, wait a minute, who am I again? I know who I used to be. I know what I do every day is serve an eight-year-old and basically on hand and foot. But outside of that, who am I? What am I offering the world? And I think for me, what's so scary is not having that answer. So instead of waiting around, I produce this podcast because I truly am just grabbing at breadcrumbs. I know that I think it's important to bring the mommy collective together. I know that I don't know all the answers and how to best mommy my child. And I also know how important, actually vital, other moms are to my success as a mother. So I am very proud to bring her back. This time it's identity. It's how she is helping her son as a black boy in America hold his heart intact and his soul safe and at peace. And there are also so many things about her journey from soul food on, how she is very clear about acting as my first love, but there's other things I too want to offer the world. So here she is, Miss Melinda Williams. I cannot believe you mothered through that series. When you're not a mom, you have no clue what it takes to be a mom. Zero. Unless you've had other brothers and sisters that you helped raise. I was completely clueless. You have a nine-month-old. You're moving your whole life to Toronto. And you're on set all day. All day and night. Like 15 hours a day. 
How? How did that work? You obviously had to have a nanny full time. Yes. And that was even challenging because the nanny that I had here in the States, she couldn't cross the border. It was definitely challenging. So I wound up having to have someone there in Toronto. And then when I came back for the eight months that we came back or the four months that we came back, because we shot for eight months. Right. And so when we came back, I would have to use my, the nanny that I had in the States. And that was also very unsettling for me. Like I said, the re part of the reason why I wanted to push the series away was because I knew that I wanted to raise my own son. I didn't want to be one of these people who always had, you know, people workers help, which is fine. Again, no judgment and raising a child, as you know, on your own, is not easy. So any assistance, help, you know, sometimes people also perceive the help as, and which is what I perceived before I had these wonderful women who worked with me. And some people say work for me. They worked with me. Yes. Half the time I felt like I was working for them because they knew how to do what they, what they do. And a lot of times people think it's, oh, this person is raising your child. And it's like, no, sometimes this person is just helping me out with an extra load of laundry, Mm -hmm. or this person is giving me an opportunity to take a nap. We are sort of mothering in tandem, if you will. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I didn't want to have any regrets about, so I kind of did some things during the series, and I'm happy to share them, but I did some things during the series that said, no, I'm a mother first. You exercised the word no. Which is very hard to do on set. Thank you. I did. How? Like, give us an example. Like, obviously, the schedule is very set. There's hundreds of people that rely on a schedule to be specific. And you have hours that you have, you have to be away and you've got to get your sleep. And it's a lot of moving parts. So when they have you on the schedule for a certain day and you're like, I can't because I need to be with my son. How does that get received? I know you have a call from your agent. How did you navigate that? It does. You get a call from your agent. Sometimes you get a call from a lawyer. Sometimes that happens. But you have to say, listen, whatever it is that is going to happen, whatever you're threatening or they are threatening, because sometimes attorneys are they're completely emotionally disconnected. Mm -hmm. It's not even about that. It's about what was written in the contract. Sometimes the, the words that you agree to, they need to be amended or sometimes things are going to happen. Life happens. If something happens, like my my son were not feeling well, or if I weren't feeling well, well, you've got to make concessions for that. And so I would just ask, at one point, for instance, my son was with my parents in New Jersey because I just couldn't take the two nanny thing anymore. I was just like, this something has to give and this doesn't feel right. And I want to know that my son is being raised in the way that I would raise him. So let me put him with my parents in New Jersey. And then I would get on a plane from Toronto every Friday night. And I would be back by Monday morning, but I was spending the weekend with my son. And this was for just for a short period. But I said, all I'm asking is don't write me in late on Friday and don't write me in early on Monday. That's all I'm asking. And all of my co-stars my soul food family, and even the crew, everybody knew Melinda has a small baby. 
And again, they were so generous in not complaining about it or saying, well, why did she get to? They knew what I was doing. Mm -hmm. They knew I was on a flight on Friday, Mm -hmm. back on Monday. And for that short period that I had to do that, I did what I had to do, but it was taxing. It was taxing. And I knew it would be taxing, but again, the most important, I'm a mother first. Forever. I mean, that's just hands down what I was going to say men, but- If there's a woman at the table, I feel like there's a woman, a mother at the table, right? Making these decisions, there would be a lot more grace in that scenario. It's like we have a hard time being empathetic of other people's experiences. That is a simple request. But then there's a writer late night. They got to, they got the pressure. They got to change it. And things happen as we know in Hollywood. I will say, and I do have to give credit to Felicia D. Henderson, who was our soul food mother (laughs) and we were her children. Yes. And so she did understand. I think she grew up with, with several siblings, but she always had this, the sense of being our den mother, our lead, our queen mother. And so she took very good care of us, but she also knew that our mental stability, our emotional stability, it needed to be intact for us to even deliver the work that she was requiring of us. It was part of like, it's almost like, um, like if you're, if I'm making a sports analogy, Mm -hmm. right, you have to be healthy in order to play. You spent how many years on soul food? Six? No, it technically was five. Actually it was four and a half. So we were five seasons. Really it was only four and a half years. Yeah. Wow. That, it felt so much longer. I know. If I look back on it, I was like, wow, that was such a short time, but it didn't feel like it at the time, Mm. you know, so much, so many things were going on just in terms of the work. But then also we were, we were in our twenties and early twenties, most of us. And it was like, you know, you know, that period of your life, you're learning so much. A hundred thousand percent. We're still growing up. Everybody was developing, especially in our twenties and in early thirties. And now we develop all the time. I think that's part of it. That's what's so beautiful about She's Got a Habit is that you are continually growing and evolving and bringing people in on your journey. Like it's a shared experience. As a collective, we are all going through shit. So let's talk about it, right? And so I think about your son raising a Black boy in America is a very different thing when he was four than it is now. How has the last couple of years of a pandemic and George Floyd and just the shenanigans and the world on fire. How has that affected your son? Which by the way, he's a grown adult now, right? He is, he is, he is a grown adult. He is 22. Wow. And it's so crazy for me to even think that my son is 22. My son is 22. Yes. I have a 22 year old. <laughs> How does that settle? Hello. How does that settle? And I don't, I don't even feel, I barely feel 22. Nobody believes you. That's why they sit, they look at you and be like, people are like, I call bullshit. (laughs) Here's pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Prove it. Yeah. So it's been interesting. I will tell you this throughout my son's life. I have always endeavored to tell him the truth forever. Even when he was a little boy, you know, sometimes people tell their kids little white lies because, you know, No baby talk, no lies. Mm. I would always tell him the truth. And we've always had a very honest, 
I think mostly open relationship now, you know, I'm also very realistic about how much a young man wants to share with his mom. And so I defer to the men in his life, his father, his uncles, my husband, to know that I can't, I'm a woman. I only have a woman's experience. And so all I can show him is how to be a good woman, a mother, a wife, which he is not. And so I've always endeavored to tell him the truth. And so when this pandemic happened, and I would say just before the pandemic happened, we opened up in our home sort of family uh, meetings. Hmm. And the family meetings were really just about sitting down and talking about where you are in life and what's going on and how can we support you? Are you feeling any challenges? Where are you emotionally? And that was for mom, dad, kids, everybody. So is this like the Wayans brothers, or like all the exes and, and was everybody together? Or no, is it no, no, you? no, no, just, just the households. So, so really were you already married to your current husband then? Yes. Okay. I like yes. timelines. Okay, good. Yes, yes, yes. And so I'm thinking now, were we ma- actually married or did we were just, well, either way, we were living in the home. Okay. We had uh, made a home together. So it was the three of us and we just, you know, opened up the floor for here's where you get to express safely how you feel, what you want. If you don't want to talk about it, if you want to talk about it with just one of us, if, you know, and we just tried to be honest about where we were. And then just kind of opening opening that space or creating that space. And then when the pandemic happened, it was like, okay, oh no, sorry. When George Floyd happened, it was like, okay, family meeting time this Thursday. And so this is one of the discussions that we're going to have to have, one of the very hard discussions. Now, over our lifetimes, I'm not sure if you've heard it, but I've certainly heard it as a Black mother and particularly a Black mother of a Black son. I would always hear these phrases. You got to watch him. You got to be careful. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. And I would be like, what is everybody talking about? What do you mean watch out as it pertained to education and him being gifted, brilliant, minded and a kind soul? People would tell me that I had to watch out. And so I would sort of along the way explain little things to him. But I didn't want to negatively impact his expectation of the world. And you don't want it to be a self-fulfilling prophecy either. That part. Yeah. Right. Which is why I was kind of in a sort of denial and it's fine because that's where I needed to be, but I wasn't so much in denial that I, it never came up. I would in my own way say, listen, you're in junior high, right? And you live in this area of Manhattan beach, right? And if you get into a car with five young boys and something goes down, you're probably the one who's going to get in trouble first, even if you didn't do anything, even if you're not responsible. And then trying to explain to him that people judge you based on how you look. And particularly if you're a black person, man or woman, but certainly a black man in this country, they may judge you more harshly. And that's very difficult to explain to someone who does not have the experience. And to your point, I also felt guilty about, am I planting this information that he is now going to expect to happen? And then I, because of my spiritual foundation, I know that what I expect, I receive. Mm -hmm. So it was very, all kinds of complicated. Yeah. But 
This was happening. There were protests going on. A man had been murdered right in front of our eyes. And so I was not going to miss the opportunity to lean in with all of my family members at that point into what was happening and why it was important that we understand who we are and what systemic racism is and how you navigate in all circumstances through it. You didn't want to plant it. Right. In his mind. Correct. It's so gut-wrenching to think, even when I look at my daughter and as confident as she is, as much as she's had to deal with the Karens already from kindergarten. No, sorry, preschool. I'm sorry. Because my daughter, when you're spiritual like I am, I'm raising her to be all of her in her total fullness. And when somebody walks the earth unapologetically in all of their fullness, it irks people's demons, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she has irked some little girls since she's been in preschool. And I don't care. I tell her, I'm teaching her. That's their problem. It's totally their problem. They, they don't see themselves as special, so it really bugs them. But it makes me so sad every single time something happens. And we all deal with it to certain degrees based on what we think our kids need to hear and what they can handle. But the fact that we're the, are we the only culture that has to break our children's hearts over and over again? That sucks. It sucks as a mother. And you know, and it's just, it goes back to what you said in the very beginning, not until you become a mother, do you realize you know, that there are nuances yes. to um, being a mother. As an actor, I've always been able to spot persons who don't have children, who are acting like mothers. I'm like, that's an, there are nuances there that mm. she's missing. Mm. She is missing. When you are not a parent, that you can't know. And that is one of them. What does it feel like to have to have that conversation multiple times with your child? Now, you're right. I wasn't the type of mother that would ever tell him to dumb himself down or make them feel comfortable. But there have been teachers who have, you know, without offering any corrective information written on on his homework, do better. You know what I mean? Like there have been women who have come up to him, white women who have come up to him and said, what do you want to be a singer or a basketball player? You know, like these things these things happen and people don't understand. And my response as a mother is uh, he might be an astronaut or a scientist. So, Boom, that me, part. you know, like it's just where they're applying their own ceiling, their own personal biases to our children. is so disturbing. I'm thankful for where we are. I'm thankful that, you know, my son has grown and he is thriving and, and we are all mentally sound. Yes. But I also feel a great responsibility as someone in the industry. And it's it's part of why I wrote a, a affirmation card deck yeah. and I wrote this book, The Game of Life and How to Slay It. And my affirmation card deck is called Words That Work. Nice. And part of the reason why I wrote this is because the many years that um, I was working in the industry, I am still working in the industry, but as a young adult, I experienced those microaggressions. I would internalize them. I would see 
you know, a certain looking individual on the cover and in the lead role and, you know, getting all the awards, accolades, what have you. And I had to be my own cheerleader, right? I had to be my own coach. So I wrote my affirmations and over the course of 25 and 30 years, I amassed this deck of my own handwritten affirmation cards mm-hmm. and I decided to publish them. And they're for young women. They're for you. They're still for me because I still say them to this day. There is no industry that is exempt from black women experiencing microaggressions, not one. And you would think Hollywood that, that you'd be the only one, but it's actually worse in Hollywood because Hollywood Hollywood's the only industry where you can say, we want a white woman aged this to this with big tits and can't do that in any other industry. It is crazy that you can literally, you can discriminate in Hollywood and just so openly. Nope, she's too short. Nope, she's too dark. Nope, she's too this. She's too fat. She's too skinny. You can do any of that and, and no problem. But you know what? Because we are both of the same mind, you've succeeded. You've very successfully navigated these shark infested waters of Hollywood. What do you think has been your magic? I will tell you, and to that point, nobody can be me like me. Yes. Period. That's it. You can't be me, Tanika, and I can't be you. So you know what I'm going to lean into? Being me. (laughs) And I'm confident. I am confident that I have a special set of skills that are mine with this face and this body that if I don't get it, it's because you didn't want this face and this body and my special particular special set of skills. And it's for somebody else. But what I know I do well is me. And that's how over the years, when I didn't get something, it was like, oh, well, they didn't want me. It it wasn't for me. Right. So so but when I did get it, I was like, ah, okay, okay. They got me. They need me for this. Honey, full circle moment to what we were talking about in the beginning. Like it's a divine journey. And so we need some of your secrets. okay? because your skin is flawless. (laughs) So what are we doing for skin? You know, now that we're not 25 anymore. Wow. Double that, please. My skin, I don't really do a lot. I will tell you, I just got back from the vineyard, from Martha's Vineyard. and Oh, I saw the cute bags. Yeah. So you my gave skin, us all inkwell. It was so thank cute. Thank you. All inkwell, honey. So my son is sea breezed, sea breeze spritzed and sun kissed. And that's so important. And I drank a lot, a lot of water while it was there. I find that water, oh my goodness, when I'm drinking a lot of water and getting a good amount of sunlight, each day, my skin is really plump and supple. Yes. And I mean, you clearly know these things also. I like sun kisses. Sun kissed is everything. Do you use sunscreen though? I do use sunscreen on my face. I won't say, I, I can't say I use it on my entire body, but I do use a um, like a tanning sometimes if I want to get tan, but a lot of times I'll just use an oil on my body. Um, but on my face, I do use sunscreen simply because I, I tend to get little freckles, which I'm not afraid of my freckles either. But I think the sun enhances or increases the amount of freckles. But I like, you know, I like a little bronzing. I like a little natural bronzing from the sun. I know, I know you have it too. We do. And, and that's something that I'm really 
so passionate about with my raising a little girl. I don't know if you have to deal with how little boys look so much. Do you have to deal with that with little boys? No. Girl, little girls are in the mirror just all day. And I'm like, it's too much, but I'm letting her find her. It's a lot. I mean, at eight, she's because she's copying dance moves. And I think they're starting to see what other people look like. It's all the things when we were little think what you were. You were already acting at eight, weren't you? At 10. No, I started at 10. But but to hear my parents tell it, I was acting when I came out the womb. Like I was always putting on a show in the basement. I have one of those, by the way, always putting on a show. So I wonder if as a little girl acting, does that make you more self-aware? No. 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 As a little girl, it's so funny because... It, to me, it was just extracurricular. It was like you put your your daughter in skate class or ballet class or something like acting on a TV commercial or working on a catalog for Macy's was just ex- extracurricular activity for right. me. It was what, what I did after school. So it was still me being me. Everything I've ever done is an extension of something that already exists within me. So it's not me stepping outside of, I'm not a character actor, Mm. right? So I'm not going to go into playing these different, very far from myself character roles. Everything I play in, I want some part of my life's experience to come through. And that started from when I was a child. I mean, I know you have so many projects going on that are so fulfilling to you, but are you still acting? I am. I am. I actually just did a scripted podcast. I'm, I don't know why I put scripted in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it because it's different than what we're doing now. I, di- I didn't know there was like, you mean like true crime, stuff like yes. that? Yes. I just did one for uh, Hallmark Mahogany, which is what was so much fun. With our girl, Alexis. Yes, with Alexis. So it's like, you know, it's like doing voiceover work. But yeah, so for Hallmark Mahogany, I just did this scripted podcast and I do have some other projects that I am likely going to produce Mm -hmm. because I have some stories. Um, But but again, the way that you will see me in new roles, any new roles that come up is part of the second half of my journey. Right. Right. Like like I feel like when I hit this, you know, pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic was a whole different ball game from post-pandemic. Yes. And I, I know we're not post-it yet, not but yet. let's call it pre-2020, post-2020. Mm-hmm. 2020 was the demarcation line. Mm-hmm. That was the line that said, okay, if I wasn't intentional before, which I was, I am going to be super intentional now about the roles I play, the stories I tell, the people I affect, and who I'm playing to mm. and for. Mm. I am not at the place where I have found my identity outside of mom yet. Mind you, I only have an eight-year-old, but I don't see you. You you don't post your son a lot. I don't know you as Melinda, you know, the mom of, I don't think of you that way. I think of you as Melinda. You have your own identity. Was that intentional? Yes. Yes, it, it was. And it is intentional. I always wanted my son to have his own identity. And interestingly, even when he was born, there was some talk of him being a junior. And I said, no, I I think it's fair that he has his own name and his own identity. Um, And so and I also knew that both of his parents are in the spotlight. 
both of his parents are famous, which I do remind him, your parents are famous. Don't act like a fool. (laughs) Be clear. And it's not even about acting like a fool. It's about your parents are famous. Other people are aware of it. You need to be aware of it too, Mm. because there may be some things that come along with a person who has famous parents that doesn't come along. Now, I don't know what your experience is going to be, but I just need you to remember that. Remember who you are and whose you are, right? Right, Um, because not everybody has clear intentions on when, why they're becoming your friends sometimes, even as basic as that. Yeah, that's a good point. Or or your girlfriend or your boy, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. And so just remember, just carry that with you. I and, and I know sometimes it's the blessing and the curse, right? You're not anonymous. You can be Googled and you can, and know it's not fair, but this is what you were born into. Like sometimes people are going to know things about you before you want them to know things about mm-hmm. you. That's, that's, that's the life that we, we, we have. What I encourage is you, Take advantage of all the gifts that come along with that because there are blessings and there are, you lean into the blessing of it. You lean into the advantage of it. Take advantage, don't exploit, but take advantage of that fact. And when you have an opportunity to help others because you are blessed in that way, use it, do so. I think I answered the question. You've been married to a couple famous men. Maybe. I feel like you don't talk about <laughs> That answered my question. <laughs> well, I will say this. I will say this. Sometimes when you have a, an experience that is, ah, should I put this, um, not a great experience. When you have a, an experience that's not a great experience, sometimes you choose when you choose to move on, when you choose to to forgive. And this is one of the things that I um, learned in my life with true forgiveness comes forgetting. And I'm telling you, I know it sounds crazy, but when you really, truly, deeply in your soul have forgiven yourself, given us forgiven a circumstance and forgiven a person, you forget. You forget the transgression. You forget the perceived slight. You forget it all. In some cases, I've completely blocked, blacked a whole period for a reason because I don't, to your point, want to dwell on it. I do speak on where I know I was in my book. I speak on where I know I was, but not dwelling on sort of the the negativity of it talking about how I got myself there because I got myself there and then how I got myself out. So does that mean you weren't rocking with us watching IG live during the pandy? I'm just, I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) That's no, that's not rocking for me. Mm -mm. 10, four. Got it. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. That's powerful. Wow. I have nothing but well wishes for everybody. Like I don't, I don't have any bitterness, hate anything in my heart for anyone. Under yeah, you're not that person. You're not that person. I can't be. First of all, I understand karma is what you wish for someone you're really wishing for yourself. So we're not doing that, right? Never. 
And I know in order to get to a place, and this is something that people really need to understand, in order to get to the place that you are trying to get, that is your any kind of pinnacle, climbing a mountain, you really do have to wish well for others, especially those who you may have perceived as your enemy. You Mm -hmm. have to wish them well. Now, is it easy? No. And at the time, it probably wasn't easy for me for me either. Like I said, I don't really remember. All I remember is where I was going. I knew where I was at the time, but I had to get hyper-focused on where I wanted to be. Yes. And like I said, I'm a, man of, uh, um, a master manifester. So I went to work at making that happen. And here I am. My life is so incredible. I'm, I don't look back. And I know, like, I'm not planning on being Lot's wife. I'm not doing it. Okay. I feel like you do, you you have a little Oprah in you. You have a little Oprah and some powerful things that you can bring to our collective. Seriously, did I lie? She is a little bit Oprah. She's a little bit our best friend from back in the day. And she just, I don't know, she just makes me feel comfortable because she just gets it. She has really interwoven her life with her spiritual practice. She understands that everything is in divine timing. She knows that if it's meant to be, it'll be. She also understands manifestation. These are all the key terms that I live my life by. And I think what I'm most passionate about is to give people a different way to live their lives. And I think what society has done, it's told us we can only succeed by one way. We can only have a voice if we have money. We can only be beautiful if it's by their standards. And my platform is literally here to say no. You can own your own beauty. You can own your own significance. You can own your own successes. And to end that sentence and that thought is just a full on period with a T. I want to thank you guys for being here. I hope that you took notes and that it really reminded you that if we can just trust in ourselves and we take it one step at a time and we know that this isn't supposed to be easy, it's harder, eh? than anything we've ever done. But we have to believe that there are others that are understanding what we're going through and we can lean on each other through the process. We have each other. There are so many single moms and so many moms across the social media platforms that I am reaching out to because this collective is important. Here on Mama's Day, if you hadn't met her before, you met Destiny Ann, and you also met They Call Me Mama Bennett, who are two parent influencers here on social media, as well as Marie Bustin Moves, who is a full-grown woman who dances on TikTok and Instagram, and she's making dollars. She and her daughters love to dance and spread joy. There's so many incredible women and I want you to meet them all. I really truly wish I can just do a conference. Everybody gets to come in and we get to have a rocking time and also see each other and be seen. Thank you, Jenny Media, for always having my back. Please reach out to me. Uh, you guys do it all the time and I love it. Mama stay with Tanika Ray at gmail.com. You can also DM me at Tanika Ray on Instagram. Insta, Facebook, 
TikTok, all the all the jams. And I will see you soon. As always, we've got some dope mamas coming up. We are crawling. We're so close to our one year anniversary. What? That is crazy, but I'm super excited for some things coming up in celebration of that. I can't believe it, but we are almost one years old. Thank you guys. A lot of really fun stuff coming up. I will talk to you soon. Remember, protect your peace, literally connect with source by any means necessary, and you're Number one job is to do everything with grace. Do not let them children drive you crazy. Oh, no. Once they start doing that, say, I need a break. Walk away. Let them calm down. You calm down. But no, we're not. We're not doing that in 2023. These kids are going to have to learn their place. (laughs) I know that's funny, right? Boundaries. All right. Much love, y'all. Talk to you soon. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah, and mama stay. Mama stay.